Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family owned and operated, a no pressure, laid back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Yesterday was not a great Wednesday for Razorback fans. I know a lot of you were up in arms how the game concluded last night in Columbia, Missouri. Maybe you're frustrated with the fact that Kendall Bryles is headed to TCU, according to Chris Lowe. A lot of things to get to this morning on a recruiting Thursday. Richard's going to join us at 6.30. Tom's going to join us at 7.20. Clay's off this morning. He's actually hunting this morning, but we have a loaded show. Again, our number is 877-377-6963. A lot of calls and texts, I bet, as we get going here. Oh, and I bet we split a lot of our time between the offensive coordinator situation, Kendall Bryles, Dan Enos, and this basketball game last night that was kind of like a loss and a half, it felt like. Maybe we'll soothe the wounds a little bit this morning and get over it a little bit. But, man, it it was a little harder to go to sleep last night. Uh, Maybe needed a little extra melatonin or something after... That one just felt like it was slip. It did slip through your your hands. I mean, you had a ten point lead. You were tied at seventy one after that lead evaporated with a minute to go, and you couldn't make the plays. And Arkansas ultimately, in a physical ball game with a lot of fouls, a lot of free throws, a lot of stuff going on in that game. Turned the ball over way too many times to win on the road in uh, Columbia, Missouri. Did you end up getting that nap in yesterday? No, no. I did not either. No, I mean, that same camp. I didn't get so. home till. I didn't get home from work till uh, 6.30 last night, so I barely made it home to eat and watch the game. So it was uh, that was just tough to watch last night. First of all, it wasn't a pretty basketball game. I mean, it's just physical, a lot of fouls. We can talk about that. There are a few things that certainly left, you know, even all of you that say I defend everything, it left me scratching my head on a few things last night. And uh, But, but I mean, bottom line is that's just a physical, ugly basketball game. You know, wasn't played at the highest level, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I was told on Twitter several times by different Morning Rush listeners that you were going to defend the refs all morning. Well, people don't listen. I mean, so if you listen, I mean, people just put potatoes in their ears. They don't listen to what I say. They just generalize. But that's that's fine. Um, just hope they spell my name right. But um, T-O-M-M-Y space C-R-A-F-T. Thank you. C-R-A-F-T, yeah. Thank you. Uh, but bottom line is Arkansas got great play offensively out of Devo Davis. I don't want to say it came out of nowhere, but he was, you know, 18 points your leader. Problem is the team turned it over 21 times. He had six. ABF it seemed like five. Huh, yeah. It, you know, but 
if you're going to have a game of high turnovers, and I know he didn't run the point as much last night. Devo did a little bit more, so that, this may balance what I'm getting ready to say. I mean, if you're going to have more turnovers, should be the guy handling the ball the most, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you can say, well, it was Devo, because they kind of split some of that last night. They took the ball out of A.B.'s hands a little more coming up the floor, if you noticed. I'm sure you did. I don't know if that was to rest him. I don't know if that was to get him in a position to shoot. I don't know if that was, you know, clearly there was a decision made to not have him bring the ball up and run point as much last night. So 11 turnovers between your two co-point guards, your two main ball handlers, that's way too many, led to 31 Missouri points off turnovers. That's not winning recipe. That's not winning basketball on the road in the SEC. Yeah, they did it in the Vanderbilt game as well because they're getting A.B. in more off-ball action and getting him in situations where he's more of a scorer than he is a passer. He's still very much a good facilitator and stuff, but there were some times last night they just got to get too deep. When you're, when you're going against the zone, you have to find those spots, those sweet spots in the zone, and you can't, with those guys just kind of sitting their weight on you, That it's different for man, that, not to say they're not helping in man, but they are legitimately just sitting sitting there waiting on you, knowing that your strength is getting into the rim. And at times last night where Anthony or Devo should have taken a floater, a push shot, or a pull-up, they tried to get all the way to the rim, had charges, had different themes. It was more Devo than anything. I know that one late, I couldn't. Did you think, was that guy in the area? I know he lifted. I, I don't know the rule. The rule that, is on or above. Yeah, that's what so I thought. The, the rule, I can, I can tell you, the rule is if your foot is on or above. And... The angle, while it's not right down the restricted arc line, which is an arc, sure looked like from the replay we were shown on TV. I don't know what they were looking at at the monitor, but I would assume they had similar looks or the same look. There's not that many angles yeah. in a basketball game, number one. Number two, I, you know, that appeared to be a good look. It appeared his foot was on or above the restricted arc line. Question is, is that conclusive enough video evidence? In my opinion... The answer is yes. Now, what's the rule? The rule is you can't look at that RA play, that restricted area play, until you get late in the ballgame, last couple of minutes. Then that is reviewable. Uh, that is a place where you can stop the game, review it, and see was he in or out to correct a block charge call on a secondary defender. And that's exactly what you had. It sure appeared to me like the call should have been reversed and Devo should have been... Yeah. He awarded was, with with a with a defensive foul there on the, on the Missouri defender and yeah he was out of control in that situation and what what happened but that doesn't matter in, in yeah, under that rule yeah what happened is if you if you watch that play Kamani Johnson was supposed to go set a screen for Devo Musk was calling I don't think Kamani saw it and there was some confusion and Devo just tried to make something happen unfortunately it resulted in a turnover that as Tommy stated could have just been in a a block call but it wasn't called that way but That's, when you go with your with your head down yeah. out of control I mean that is the definition of a charge with the exception of being a secondary defender which that's going to rear its ugly head with a primary defender at some point. I don't get too far in the weeds, but that arc doesn't mean every every player on the floor. I think people get that confused. That arc doesn't apply to primary defenders, but this was a secondary defender. Devo has his head down. That is the I think, you know, the definition of being out of control. Yeah. And runs in the defender, hits him. He's you know, he's in position. He's a legal guarding defender with the exception of what appeared to be a foot on or above the restricted arc line because he clearly was there, brought his foot forward. I don't think he cleared based on the angle we got on TV. Maybe there's some other video evidence 
that we don't have that they had at the monitor. Zach from Mountainburg asking the question, we're going to lose recruits. Well, Layden Blocker and Bayfall have both signed with the U of A. So in terms of losing, I don't know how that would happen. Uh, now I don't know about transfers and other guys that may be considering Arkansas that would uh, come in at some point, but at least in the case of those two guys, two five-star players, two guys that might be in the McDonald's All-American game, as was Nick Jordan A.B., those guys I don't think you're in danger of losing. And, I mean, there's a lot of season left. I know one and five is pretty bleak right now, and we're going to get into our Morning Rush Daily question coming up of, is this team going to make the NCAA tournament? And I know a lot of you will say no after last night, but I think a lot more of you would have said yes if they had just closed it out. But you got to find a way to close, right? Some guys are closers on the basketball court, and this team has shown time and time again they aren't until they actually do. And I said it yesterday, until this team wins on the road, I'm not picking them to do so. And last night, bear out the same thing that I thought. They haven't found a way to finish a basketball game. No, and, you know, again, you've got to take better care of the basketball. They had twice as many turnovers as you can allow. I mean, nine or ten is kind of where you've got to be to have a chance to win a ball game. 21 won't work. And when you turn allow your opponent to turn that into 31 points, what was it, 31 to, where my box score go, 31 to nine or something like that on yeah. points off turnovers? That or seven, one of the something, two. Something, it was ugly. It was, it, was, it was a wide disparity between the two teams last night. That's not going to win on the road in this league right now. I guess the team that's kind of fighting for one of those same spots now, I think probably five through eight on the brackets where you're you're fighting for now for the SEC tournament. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. We're going to talk with Richard Davenport coming up again. Kendall Browse, according to Chris Lowe, we should get the official announcement at some point today, has taken the TCU job. And he's also reporting Dan Eno's coming over as offensive coordinator. It feels almost like an NFL. We're getting some retread here at Arkansas. And but comfortable fit. Uh, comfortable fit between Dan Eno's and Sam Pittman. They at least coached a year together. I say comfortable fit. They had one year together on Bielema's staff in 2015. So um, they at least know... What they're each knows what they're getting, but Enos won't know exactly what he's getting with Pittman as a head coach. I would presume. Yeah, that's uh, something that it's one thing to be a. I, I guess Dan was technically his boss in 2015 because he was the offensive coordinator and Pittman was the old line coach, and it's kind of switcheroo a little mm-hmm. bit. It's kind of and that, that's that's happened before. Um, in, in college sports, where a guy's been either the head coach and then been assistant and then vice versa, but yeah, I thought that was. That was kind of interesting. I think it, if I remember right, Muss was an assistant under Johnny Jones at LSU, mm-hmm. and then Johnny was an assistant under him in Nevada. If I remember that right. I know the first part's right. I, I don't know who was on his Nevada staff, but. 
I think that was it. But you're right about the LSU part. It happens. It happens from time to time, and it's kind of, again, switched it a little bit in this case. Well, it's it's a fast-changing, incestuous business sometimes in the coaching of college sports, that's for sure. All right, Richard, in just a second, it's time to go fishing on the White River. What do you take along? Well, you take the Smithwick original suspending Rattlin' Rogue, whether it's on the White River for a trophy brown or rainbow right now and some great winter fishing, or you're headed to the lake soon to Beaver or Table Rock or Bull Shoals or wherever you're going. The Rogue, this Rogue will suspend in the strike zone, helping you catch more fish. And uh, it's it's the one you need right now for those trophy browns, big rainbows, and that great that great box full of bass as well. Find it at Walmart. Bass Pro Shops, Academy, LureNet.com, your favorite tackle stores all over the place. It's the Smithwick Original Suspending Rattlin' Rogue. Good morning, RD. Got some big football news yesterday, and I know you've probably talked to a number of guys and with either within the program or high school kids. What's the impact that you've kind of felt in the last 24 hours with the Bryles and the Eno situation? Well, with uh, Kendall Browse, I mean, Michael Hawkins, uh, the four-star quarterback from uh, what used to be Allen, Texas. Now he's, uh, he's I believe, it's going, uh, transferred to, to, obviously, to another school. He was going to visit this weekend. I don't I, I highly doubt that that will probably happen. He was going to make a decision later this month, and I, I think Arkansas was, was in really good shape with him. So uh, I think that will probably uh, be off the table going forward. But uh, – you know, uh, with the new uh, OC, there'll be uh, a new board as far as quarterbacks, uh, and uh, and I'm I'm sure uh, some f- familiar names will be, uh, probably be there, but at the same uh, on the new board, but uh, I'm sure that there'll be some new ones uh, too uh, in the 24s and 25 and 26 class. So uh, I think Walker White's uh, a name to obviously keep an eye on uh, from Little Rock Christian. Because uh, uh, I think uh, uh, he's obviously a lot. He's got a lot of a lot of things to like uh, for for a quarter uh, for a quarterback OC uh, 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 going forward. So uh, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, see what happens over the next uh, few days and weeks. With Dan Enos, Richard, he has a decent track record with quarterbacks. I know B.A. has his best season here in his final season with Dan, and then Austin had a decent year in 2016. You've got some other guys, Jalen Hurts and uh, Talia Tungabaloa. What do you think his reputation is with high school quarterbacks and when it comes to potentially playing for him in college? Well, uh, yeah. I, I tend to think that uh, that they like his creativity. That's one of the things that the you know I, that really impressed me the first year and 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 the other two years when he was at Arkansas. Obviously, that the 2015 was the best year because of the talent that that, that was uh, on the offense. But uh, I thought he was just very creative, and I think a quarterback uh, likes uh, some creativity and 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 uh, somebody that that will uh, you know kind of mix things up i mean he's he's a, he's a guy that uh is going to be more pass than uh run but will be uh probably 55 45 or something like that i mean that that was just what we saw when he was at arkansas at first uh first time what what will it be this time i mean obviously you got a different different head coach different uh philosophy uh but uh at least at, at maryland just seeing what uh uh, he did with the quarterback there. I mean, uh, the, uh, he, he had 
he had a, a very good season this year. So I think uh, quarterbacks will like uh, you know the, the offense and his philosophy uh, just about how to operate as a quarterback. With five of the ten assistant coaches changing from this past season into next year, how does that affect recruiting? I know the twenty-three class is done, but where do you pick up? How do how do you manage those relationships moving forward with your twenty-four commitments and your twenty-four class and beyond? Yeah, it's it's kind of the same thing with uh, Enos. Uh, you, you, I'm, I'm sure you're going to have different uh, boards uh, than what they were before. You know, with the, the previous coaches at those those positions. Uh, you're starting to see a lot of offers go out right now from a defensive perspective uh, with Coach Woodson and Coach Williams, and uh, so and they're 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 reaching out to some guys that were previously on the board. So uh, that that's always the process that happens when you have a, ch- a coaching change at a position coach or a defensive coordinator, or offensive coordinator, but uh, it, it does uh, it opens up different areas where. They obviously have ties to. You got uh, Woodson, who's from Mississippi. See, uh, good gosh, I saw I don't know how many offers going out uh, the last few days uh, to Mississippi kids. So he's going to use those ties and, and try to get uh, get into uh, in, into Mississippi pretty heavily. And 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 something to not uh, not forget is Deke Adams is also from Mississippi. So. Uh, that that's also uh, you know two two coaches with a lot of ties to that state. Yeah, but usually, uh, w- go ahead. There's usually forty. I think Ty was bringing this up. Forty some odd four stars are better. Uh, three stars are better rather in the state of Mississippi. So that, that that is some good good recruiting grounds. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Uh, you know, whenever kids go out of state in Mississippi in the past, they usually went to uh, Alabama and LSU. Uh, can, can you get some to come to Arkansas? Well, why not? We'll see. Yeah. Only time will tell. Arkansas, you know, had some success in Mississippi, but not a tremendous amount. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, he, right now, we'll, we'll learn more about some of the t- ties that uh, some of the new coaches have, uh, besides, you know, what I just mentioned over the next uh, few months. Interesting to see if there's any staff changes on the offensive side. You just brought in a new tight ends coach. You seem settled with your offensive line coach, Kenny Guyton at wide receivers. Jimmy, you know, new coordinator comes in. There's often at least one or two staff changes. That will be something uh, worth keeping an eye on on what seemed to be a pretty, or seems to be, I shouldn't put it in past tense, seems to be a settled offensive staff now. I would think, you know, especially with uh, spring practice coming up, uh, pretty soon. I mean, you you'll have a, a you know obviously a, a month of a dead period in February, but uh, they'll they'll get into spring uh, practice mode uh, pretty quickly uh, during the dead period and start planning. Uh, I, you know, there 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 there's always a chance of uh, changes, but I, I tell you what, Sam Pittman seems, seems to really like Cody Kennedy as the offensive line coach, and 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 Jimmy Smith as the uh, uh, running backs coach, and. And I think uh, with uh, Morgan Turner, his uh, reputation, his uh, resume looks pretty good. So I wouldn't doubt if, if uh, you know, they go forward with the staff that's in place now. And then, obviously, Dan can work with those guys. And then, then uh, if, if he sees that, you know, he, he would like to make a change, uh, I, w- I would think that maybe something like that would happen after another season. 
but uh, who knows? You, you're, you're right. That, that's a possibility, but uh, uh, that's, that's just my thinking. Every Thursday, Richard Davenport joins us here on the Morning Rush. Richard, when it comes to SEC experience, Travis Williams played in the league. He's coached in the league at Auburn. Then you've got Dan Enos, who's been at Alabama and Arkansas. How important do you think that was to Sam to get guys that have been in this league and knows what it takes to compete when it comes to recruiting? Yeah, I think I think it is big because, uh, I mean, it's one thing to say, yeah, you know, from afar, yeah, the SEC is the best conference in the and you know in college football. But when you've uh, coached in it and you played in it and you've been around it, uh, you know it, it's it's a different animal. So you you truly understand the ins and outs of, of recruiting on the SEC level. You also know the type of quality of athletes that you need uh, on the uh, SEC level. So uh, I think it is an advantage, no doubt, Richard. Uh, talk about a young man that you just wrote about, Robert Dover, a mountain home bomber. Uh, what can you tell us about a guy that's kind of flying under the radar at this point? Yeah, I think he's a guy that uh, is definitely flying under, under the radar. And talking to, uh, talking to his coach, uh, I mean, he's really not getting much attention. And, you know, I did write about him yesterday, UCA reached out and I think he's going to be at the school today but uh he's 6'3 222 pounds he's a, he's a three-sport athlete that really hasn't played I mean uh, been able to be in the weight room that much but man he he runs about a 4'7 uh, electronic uh according to coach and you look at his uh film the first two plays of his uh, highlight film uh he's chasing down running backs from uh Pulaski uh, Academy and Little Rock Christian so uh, he's one that uh, to keep an eye on. I think uh, I think he, he'll probably get an invite to Arkansas and a few other places because he's 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 truly off the radar, uh, according to Coach. Uh, no, a very you know just mostly D two schools, but I think that his video, his uh, highlight film shows a guy that uh, has a potential and, and uh, someone that is an intrigue intriguing prospect that will uh, have a. You know, coaches at least get him on campus for camps. Richard, I want to ask one basketball question, then we'll let you uh, get back to it. But, you know, Arkansas has been losing a lot of games lately. seems like after each loss, we get a question or two from, from listeners about losing recruits, losing commitments, people not wanting to come to Arkansas, seemingly in the afterwash of, of each loss. Here, here's my question. What's more important, the number of games Arkansas wins down the stretch or how Arkansas's players perform in the NBA draft? Which... Which is paramount to the decisions that you think recruits, their handlers, their families, the whole ball of wax? What are they going to be evaluating more? How many players get drafted from this roster or how this team performs down the stretch? I think it's, uh, I, you know, I'm not trying to take the easy way out, but I think it's a combination of both. But at the same time, I think uh, the NBA probably uh, weighs a little, little bit more at this time. I say at this time because, uh, Let's face it, Coach Musselman is is a winner everywhere he's gone. As far as in college, I mean, what he did at Nevada, Nevada hadn't been able to duplicate what they, they you know, what he did. And then Arkansas back to back elite eights. So you you know that uh, you know it's just a matter of time till what what happens. Uh, you know, it, 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 what happens on the court improves. But uh, there's no doubt the, the track record of uh, guys going to the league uh, 
with Coach Muss is a big selling point. But uh, I think you still you still need to try to you know finish finish as strong as you can this year. And I and I, I mean, hey, we saw last night. Obviously, they 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 had the opportunity to win the game. I mean, they, they, it's not like that. There's there's not talent there, but their margin for error is a lot less than uh, maybe uh, maybe it should be, just because they're lacking some uh, lacking in some areas, and and obviously missing two key key key. Uh, players but uh i think it, it's a combination of both but uh yeah i mean the guys that when i when i talk to them recruits they they know about the track record of coach muss and the staff about sending guys to the league and, and that is a very very attractive uh, uh quality and, and and also uh uh willingness to play freshmen and that's that's the, that's the, that's another thing mm-hmm. that uh, kids talk about and parents Richard, we'll leave it there this morning, man. Hopefully these freshmen can figure it out on Saturday against Ole Miss, and we'll chat again next Thursday. All right, guys. We'll see you. All right, Richard Davenport with us on Recruiting Thursdays here on the Morning Rush. It's football playoff and bowl season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings with 64-inch TVs everywhere, cold beer, delicious burgers, and you-know wings. Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch all the playoff and bowl games. So bring the gang and join us this playoff and bowl season at our Conway, Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, and Fort Smith locations. Buffalo Wild Wings, your home for the big games. Roar! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Will Arkansas make the NCAA tournament? They're sitting 1-5 in conference play right now. It's not looking good. William Jonesboro says they're not going to. What do you think? Ask me that again. Will Arkansas make the NCAA tournament? fact that I have to think on it that long <laughs> is problematic for a team we thought might go to the final four. Is this a... I, I a mean, I think I, here's, here's what I will say. Let me answer it this way. The next two games, I think, tell the tale. Because if you can't win these games and go on a bit of a streak with a schedule you have ahead, keep in mind, Arkansas had to play four of the first six on the road. That's not an opinion. You know, Muss has brought that up. I mean, that's just the facts. Things level out. You should win at home. But these next two... With Ole Miss at the bottom of the league and LSU reeling, they haven't won a game since they beat Arkansas. They got clocked last night by Auburn. At yeah, home. so if you don't win those two, I would say no. Okay. Is this team going to have to have like a 2,000 SEC tournament type of run? I don't know. If you can figure out a way, and this is a tall ask after last night. I mean, you're 1-5. What's the number you got to be at? So if you've played, you got 12 games left, how many of those do you have to win to have a record that would qualify you for the tournament and league play? You're 1-5, and five, now where you got to be? Is it 9-9? Nine and nine? Is it 8-10? and ten? What will get you in? I don't think 8-10 and ten gets you so in. I, I, I would 9-9 would nine and nine get you the last bid from the league? I don't know what A&M finished with last year, but I would think one or two games above whatever the Aggies were. Okay. Well, let's just for 
for conversation's sake, say nine and nine will get you the last bid from this league. I mean, let's start doing the math on 12 games. How many you got to win? Pretty simple. It's eight, eight right? Eight and, tw- eight and 12. Okay, with- so eight... Eight and four over your last twelve is what would be required to, to get to nine hundred to get to five hundred and nine and nine, right? Where you still got it? You got to play Kentucky twice. You got to go to Tuscaloosa. You got to go to Knoxville, to College Station, which I didn't think was going to be a big of a deal, but apparently there's it is. five right there. The question is, can you win two of those five? So I mean, you just start looking at the schedule. You got So that's why I say you got to beat Ole Miss. You got to beat LSU because that's what's still ahead. And I think the bare minimum that might get you in would be a 500 conference record. Just look at the games that are left in your last 12. Where you got to go? Who you got to play? That should lead you to your conclusion. It's going to be tough. Yep. That is your Red River Dodge Morning Rush daily question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. Let's talk to Sterling in Center Ridge first. We're going to take one more call before we get to Tom. Go ahead, Sterling. Hey, guys. Uh, I just want to say about the game last night. And, you know, for the most part, I thought they did. I thought they played a good game, a better game than what they have been playing. Uh, you know, you look at the stats. You know, we shot 46% from the field, which is better. Shot 41% from three-point range, which is better. Shot, I mean, that's probably the best we're going to shoot. You know, you can't really expect to shoot better from three-point range than that, especially for this team. Uh, we out-rebounded them like crazy, but they're in turnovers. It was the turnovers that mm. cost us the most. And, you know, of course, fouling, but everybody was fouling. And truth be told, if they would have called every foul, the game probably the last three and a half hours. So <laughs> uh, they probably got some stuff to go today. You know, you just can't let everything go, but you can't call everything. I think they was in a tight spot last night, especially with this team history of, you know, altercations, of getting into it. You and know? let me, let's start, yeah. let me, let me say this. There was a couple times I thought it was going to get heated and Arkansas players for the first time this season backed off and didn't do anything stupid. He had the Devo play, Anthony yeah. Black. Yeah. There was a couple times. I didn't see Anthony Black talk a word of trash all night except in a, uh, the dunk, and he was just kind of getting himself going. He wasn't talking to any. That was the first time all season that that team didn't try to belittle the opponent by talking trash. I don't know if Musk was adamant about that after last game or what, but if you watched that game last night, that was clear as day. Yes, I was very proud of him, that, and I get him kudos on that. And we just got to learn how to, like you said earlier, finish games. I'm a lot more optimistic than I was going into the game. Of course, you know, I thought I, I thought Arkansas was going to go up there and stink it up, and they didn't. Should have won the game. So my handicap was wrong on the game. I mean, I ended up being a winner, but the handicap was off because I didn't think the team played that well. Did that last uh, shot by uh, uh, gonna, did that last shot by AB, though, that made it a one-point game, that tighten you up a little bit? Yeah, that tied me up because I wanted to win. Now, if you ain't going to win, go ahead and let me get my money. You're not going to win the game. But if you, if I'm gonna, you needed that foul. Gonna, you needed that last foul, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, so did. And I, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a Hog fan through and through. I take, you know, 100 bucks, ain't gonna, you know, that ain't going to make or break me, you know. It, I mean, it's just a little extra money in the pocket to go, you know, to yeah. play this weekend. I, I just need to supplement my football I, gambling. I was, th- I was thinking of you when, when A.B. hits that running floater and it goes 77-76 and there's just a little bit of time left. I thought, oh, that just that just wrecked Sterling. <laughs> that was exactly yeah, that's, what I was Yeah, that's thinking. a double whammy. You you lose your bet and your team lose. Now that's why I can't I can't stand that. <laughs> but at, on to the, the football, you know, Rouse, I thought he was a, a good coordinator. I thought he was a great coordinator. Just from time to time, he makes those calls that make you that make your eight year old go. Daddy, uh, why would do that? Why 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 he do that? You know, because he wouldn't call that on Madden himself. You know, yeah. you know, you just want, 
It's just those calls. But, oh, no, I thought it was good coordinating. And Pittman's on the job. He already had his list ready for his replacement. Uh, got Enos. Enos did a fine job here. He, uh, great guy on fundamentals. He, his, his quarterbacks always improve under him wherever he's been. So I, I, I feel good about him. I think he can adjust. He's a good coach. He just wouldn't have all these jobs if he wasn't. And he will adjust to KJ and, and work from there. And then when he, you know, a good coach, you adjust to your players and, and maximize uh, what they do good and minimize what they do bad. And I think Enos would do that just fine. I think we're in fine hands with him. I don't know how good a recruiter he is or how good Ralph is with recruiting. I need that. I need that to y'all experts. But as for on the field and calling plays and preparation, I think I think Pittman did a fine job. Uh, guys, thank you for the time, and y'all have a great, wonderful day. And go Cowboys! <laughs> there it is. So appreciate the experts' comments, Sterling. Yeah, I think there's been some positive feedback from fans as far. Occasionally, you're going to get a negative something, but I think people are are at least decently satisfied with the Danny Enos hire. So you're going to be satisfied with this next 15 or minutes or so with Tom Murphy, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and Whole Hog Sports. Uh, Tom, we'll we'll jump back into basketball, but I do want to get your initial thoughts on the Danny Enos hire. He was here. Back in 2015 and 16 and 17, had success with Brandon Allen, some with Austin Allen as well. Uh, what did you think about this this hire reportedly by Chris Lowe? Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, hi, everybody. It, it, it was a wild night yesterday. Um, the timing of everything made it seem like, you know, some of the original reporting by Football Scoop that the, the hiring of Browse wouldn't go official until today had something to do with the portal window. And the fact that, you know, we're talking about Dan Enos later in the same night makes me think that Sam Pittman's been ready to make this move for several days now. Um, it makes me also think that he got along great with Dan Enos in 2015, that one year, and they were a very strong offensive team that year. So um, I don't think Sam Pittman wanted uh, not having an offensive coordinator to linger at all. Uh, I think it's imperative to let KJ see the direction and, and everyone else, direction of your program. Uh, if you look at Dan Enos in recent years at Maryland, um, he has adapted to the modern day, you know, he's keeping up with the trends and he, he runs RPOs at Maryland uh, with Tulu, uh, Valoa and takes shots down the field. So, um, I don't know. I think it's, I, I, I didn't like the idea of losing Browns because it's been so productive, but to uh, to make that move in a day, um, I think it, you know, it, it it hasn't gone in a good direction, I'd say. Tom, I think this dynamic needs to be mentioned. Kendall and Sam share the same agent in Jimmy Sexton. That That's a weird deal to me. How do you think that played into this process? Because uh, isn't that a conflict of interest? Well, no, I mean, the school can't change who their coaches have, you know, agreements with. And Jimmy Sexton is a powerful man in the industry. Um, Sam signed with him, and one of the reasons was to be able to have a list of guys to, you know, fill roles. I mean, to immediately be able to tap in up-and-coming coordinators and things like that. Um, I think, you know, maybe the weird part or the part that struck me was the timing of when Kendall to TCU is going to come out sounded like a negotiated deal to um, get that that window closed, the portal 
transfer portal window closed yesterday. Um, and, you know, maybe that was part of the negotiation that uh, was was brokered. And um, I don't know. I just think that the dalliances that Kendall has had the last couple of years, and, and I get it, you know, I, I thought he deserved uh, a pay raise, and he was going to get more pay from Arkansas. Um, I don't know if we'll find out what his salary will be at TCU, but I think he deserved a, a pay raise here. But to have two in the same off season, like, hey, you know, yeah. I'm ready to run this back with KJ, and then to, like to do it again might have gotten to, to be too much for Sam Pittman. Yeah, that, and I think you lose part of your your fan base when, you, particularly, a head coach does that. He, he's the coordinator, obviously, or was the coordinator. So, feels like to me when he was playing footsie with Mississippi State and ultimately decided to stay, that Enos was probably uh, already being talked to. Maybe the deal was uh, at least agreed to in principle. Hey, if I offer, would you accept? We'll figure it out. You know, sounds like a lot of groundwork was probably laid 10 days ago when the Mississippi State came a call it. Yeah, that could have been part of the equation as well. But certainly uh, when the next one started up, um, and who knows how long, apparently – an offer's been on the table since last Saturday, but who knows if there if he was contacted by Sonny Dykes before that. I mean, that's the way Sam likes to operate, contact the head coach. And so, you know, when Sam got that call, maybe it's like, okay, I'm tired of messing with this. Let's see what the next step is going to, to bring. And, um, and you know, uh, I, I just think it speaks well that he got along with Danny and Eno's just fine on the 2015 staff. Uh, the year after his buddy Jim Chaney is basically forced out. And, um, I mean, you look at the offensive numbers from 2015, they were pretty doggone strong. Yeah. Question, you know, we've talked about, you know, RPO and him evolving. He was more of a, a motion shift guy when he was at Arkansas, but things have changed since uh, 2015 in the last seven, seven or so years. My question is, what can he do as the quarterback coach and offensive coordinator to improve KJ's passing abilities, passing mechanics, throwing mechanics, all those things that are, you know, that coaches uh, can sit down, break down film, watch and practice and, and tinker with. That to me is what my selling card, that, that's what I'd be trying to sell KJ on me as a, as an OC is here's what I can do to help you become a better passer of the football. That's what I'm interested in seeing maybe some development on this spring, Tom. Exactly. And, you know, the thing is, Dan Eno's played quarterback, and he's been coaching quarterbacks for a long, long time. The Allen brothers, I think, both improved technically under his watch. And so, look, KJ might throw off the wrong foot here and there and um, what have you, but you can't argue with his completion percentage and production and the fact that Arkansas, even though they were about 63rd in passing yards, I think they were in the high teens, like 18th or 19th in passing efficiency. So that means you're getting yards per pass. That means your TD to interception ratio is good, and your completion percentage is high. So, you know, they they came close to maximizing their passing. And, you know, I've been – I've criticized, and the fans certainly have, their red zone production. But a lot of that came with – Kate Fortin and Malik Hornsby at the controls. Two two of the red zone disasters against Mississippi State, one against LSU. Um, you know, these happened when KJ wasn't in the game. When KJ was in, they were a much better red zone production team. So I don't know. I feel like for the circumstances given to him, um, having Dan Enos apparently right here on deck, 
about ready to go on board, I, I think was about as, as good as they could have expected. Um, now there's probably some young up-and-coming offensive coordinators who you might have considered, uh, but it seems to me like Sam had this in his back pocket for a while. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. But, you know, the thing I go back to is if you can make K.J. a better passer, he won't have to rely on the run as well. It'll balance things out, but it will keep him healthier because what derailed this season more than anything KJ's health and his lack of availability in a couple of ball games, and and playing at least one game far 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 from a hundred percent. So, you know, in theory, if he can be more efficient throwing the football, he'll take less shots running the ball, which would probably keep him on the field to closer to twelve games. I agree with you. I don't argue that point in the least, um, and I do think you're going to st- still see a lot of motions. I mean, Kendall Browse had a lot of motions. You do things to figure out it, what defenses teams are running where pressure might be coming from and things like that and i i think he'll be up to snuff on that even i've watched maryland a little bit not a lot this year so um i I think he's completely up to date with modern football and um yeah the, the passing game could stand you know higher efficiency and and if that's the case um arkansas will be a strong offense now What's going to be interesting is if this new swath of receivers, plus the younger guys moving up, Satanias and the Stevenses and, and that group, Jaden Wilson, um, if they can be as productive as the last two, two groups of veteran receivers. So to me, that's, uh, that's, that's a huge key as well. You bring in three guys that don't have SEC experience, the kid from Commerce, kid from Hillsdale, and I'm, I'm blanking on mm-hmm. the and the, the six, seven, uh Bowling Green kid. So it's a little different coming into this league. We're talking with Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette Whole Hog Sports. Tom, you're talking about KJ, and the transfer portal for this cycle just closed. You got another one in the spring. Why wouldn't Kendall Bryles try to recruit KJ to Fort Worth based on his current QB room? Yeah, um, I think Arkansas fans are going to worry about that one um, right up through May the 15th. Um, I don't know. I mean, KJ's built built a name here. Um, he's the face of the program has been the, the past two years. So uh, you'd like to think that there's some loyalty there. Um, and But I know right now it's, it's a different game. And um, I think Arkansas is going to have to make sure his NIL is, you know, <laughs> Blush. It's yeah. strong. Yeah. When I saw this thing about the kid who didn't go to Florida, Rashada, um, and what that money looked like, I mean, are you kidding me? You're talking more than what the coordinators are getting paid. So it's um, <laughs> the modern game's got me a little befuddled, I'll be honest. Yeah, biggest yeah. question is who, who's buying the pizza on the late-night late film sessions now, the coach or the players? That's the... <laughs> That's the hard question and, to answer. Yeah, for when Tom referenced that, for those who don't know, Jalen Rashado is set to make fourteen million with the Gators, and apparently it check bounced or whatever, whatever happened down there. I haven't fully read into the story, but he's asking out of his NIL, excuse me, his uh, national letter. I guess it is NIL, national letter in in L I in L I national letter of intent in Florida. <laughs> something uh, something crazy about that, uh, Tom. I, I want to. I want to ask you about some football games this week. We don't have any more college ball. We do have some NFL games. Who's going to be in the AFC and NFC championship after this divisional round? And by the way, I did watch the game last night and had a lot of thoughts about it. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about um, that next. So that okay. Um, don't th- let's see. Don't worry. Um, I obviously, I obviously like the Chiefs. Um, even though I respect what the Jaguars have done under Doug Peterson. Uh, who I covered way back in the day at Northeastern Louisiana University before it became ULM. Um, 
I, I, I think it's an uphill battle for, to think that the Cowboys are going to beat uh, the 49ers on the road, but I give them a puncher's chance. And uh, I think the Eagles will, will win on the other side. Uh, and then uh, that leaves one other matchup. Who am I leaving out from the AFC? Oh, the Bills. Yeah, I think the Bills. Um, I like the Bills winning there. So let's talk about that game last night. Uh, Arkansas seemingly played better in a road loss, but it's it's still a road loss. Your thoughts on what happened in Columbia last night? Very, very physical game. I do think, like, you know, you, it's hard to imagine them shooting much better, particularly from the line, but they also shot at the three pretty well. And they came out really strong defensively. Um, it's just late in the game. Um, the defense wore down a little bit, I guess. Uh, I just think when they got the 10-point lead, Missouri was uh, the more physical team. And I think, you know, they got away with a few things here and there. I didn't like the charge call on Ricky Council at all that came in the middle of that 10-point run by Missouri. Um, And the dude did not make the and one on the phantom Makai Mitchell foul, but it did foul him out of the game. And I guess Tony Green was looking at the hand stuff that preceded, you know, the, the the rise down on the left baseline, but that didn't look like a good call. And I, I just hated that there were uh, was it fifty six fouls called, and Mus was incredulous about forty free throws taken. So uh, they got to learn how to close out a game, no question. And the turnovers were were just dreadful. But it, it was a physical game. They need to learn how to play some defense without fouling too. While there are several calls that we all got questions about from last night. There's no question there was a lot of fouling going on in this game. Yeah, there was a, um, a lethal amount of fouling going on in that game. Um, and it just so happened that Missouri, uh, Arkansas fouled 10 more times than Arkansas. And, you know, Kamani's, some of Kamani's fouls are pretty obvious. Uh, some of the others, not so much. But, again, I go back to I think officials sometimes get swayed by the momentum of a game. And... The, the guy was moving, and the, not only was he moving to the side, but he was moving up when um, on the Ricky. charge call against Ricky Council. Yeah. And I just, that, that was a bad call. And he was an airborne um, shooter it, at that point. So. It, yeah, if it had gone the other way, it could have changed the outcome of the game. And then Arkansas crushed him on the boards by 19, but yet there was one possession late in the game where Missouri missed two threes and got rebounds after both and then scored. Arkansas was not getting stops at all during that stretch. And I know it's very frustrating, but I think you saw progress. I think you saw flashes from Jordan Walsh, who had a great uh, plus-minus rating uh, that I think is going to bode well. you got Ole Miss coming in, and maybe that can be the start of something good for the Razorback. You know, for a game last one, for a game that started out like hot garbage in the in the first 10 minutes offensively at least, what was it? 12 to 9 or something like that at the 10 minute for it to end up in the 70s was pretty amazing what they did over the last 30 minutes of this game between the two teams it was startling how much it the, the pace of the game just the everything about the game changed and I, I did not like all the stoppages which you know result of fouls but you're right Missouri had six points at the nine like 20 something mm-hmm. mark of the first half they had six points and then the last 658 648 of the game, they scored 27 points. I mean, it was it, that was wild. Tom, always uh, great to talk with you. We'll do it again next Tuesday. All right. I like the sound of it. See y'all. Right. Tom Murphy here on the Morning Rush joins us every Tuesday and Thursday in the uh, 
7 a.m. hour here on Thursdays. Uh, break down what happened and what's coming up for the weekend. This Ole Miss game, 11 o'clock Saturday. Time putting the must-win label on it. Uh, Paramount, got to get it done. Team's not any good. Coming into your building. I know they just got their first win. Like, come on. Good. No, I can't say can't say uh, <laughs> you gotta win this one even I, I don't know that we're any good. I know Rusk and Zach like to play the bingo game. And listen, I, I don't mean to pile on Eric, but if I hear uh, as a coach I've never seen this before one more time in a press conference, I might blow my head off. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Hour number three of the Morning Rush on a Recruiting Thursday. We're going to get Clay's thoughts coming up on this Kendall Bryles and Dan Enos new. Also, the reaction to the loss last night to Missouri game that a lot of you thought that they were going to close out but weren't able to in Columbia. A lot of seasons that Clay enjoys. Fishing season, football season, golf season, basketball season, baseball season. But this is Clay's favorite season, tax season. Tax season is here right now. Clay's favorite. There's no reason to fear the IRS this year. A1 Tax Service can help get you the largest refund that's allowed by law. They have the newest updates and the newest software. And right now, you can get your tax refund advance up to $6,000 with no upfront fees. That saves you a ton of money over the national chains. A1 Tax Service has the experience you need. They've been doing this for more than 40 years combined and their office is open year-round. So if there's ever an issue or a problem or you need a, a question answered, they're there for you. Same face every year, A1 Tax Service, ready to assist you in getting your taxes done this tax season. Walk-ins are welcome or stop, uh, stop in with an appointment by calling 484 484- 7686 or stop into the corner of 70th and Dallas in Fort Smith. That's A1 Tax Service. The professionals. Clay's favorite season. Tax season, right, Clay? Well, let's just say this. Uh, it dovetails nicely with duck season, so we'll, <laughs> we'll just keep it at that, okay? I understand. So, what'd you think? Uh, we're going to get to the coordinator stuff. What'd you think about the game last night where Arkansas played better but still lost uh, to Missouri? Yeah, the they played hard. They played with great intensity, and that gave them a chance to win. They really did well rebounding. That's effort. Uh, 21 turnovers, a lot of uh, transition points that they gave up to Missouri, which is, you know, it's not, that's not the recipe for what Eric Musselman wants in a winning team. The, you know, I, I thought that they did everything pretty well except maybe the last minute they didn't make a play 
mean, they 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 tried hard, but they didn't. Uh, they did not make a play, and you know, they it seemed like calls went against them at the end. And I'm not saying they were bad calls. You can you can that's up for everybody else to decide. Um, but you uh, you know you're not going to get those calls on the road. You know, all of them. And it seemed like they they got calls early in the game, and they didn't get them in the last minute. And uh, but it also comes down to just making a play, you know, jump up and make a basket. And they missed a lot in the last few minutes when they had the lead that were just point blank. That I was just like, they got to make those. It's your worst start since '91 since you joined the league in conference play. Now it's been a brutal schedule. Moss has talked about the fact that you're the only team in this league that has four of their first six games being on the road, but. I mean, this is a big hole, Clay. You look at the rest yeah. of the schedule. Tommy laid it out earlier. You still got to go to Knoxville, to College Station, to Lexington, to Tuscaloosa. I mean, it's not like it's going to get any easier after kind of this easy, easier stretch, basically. Yeah, I, I tend not to to look at where you have to go. Uh, those are tough, you know, every year, and that doesn't change. But they've only had two home games, and one of them is Alabama. And if you really look hard at the way Alabama's playing, you probably weren't going to win that game. So uh, the other one was Missouri. They fought back from a big deficit and won that game. I think that uh, they're young. They're probably not going to, you know, just kind of throw in the towel. They're they're going they're going to play hard, just like they did last night. And you know, maybe they. Maybe they steal one on the road, or they learn a little better as they go. And I don't think this is the best this team's going to play. I think they're going to they're get better. Because I think we know that Eric Mosman will, will coach his butt off. I mean, he's going to – and he's got good guys on his staff. I think Keith Smart, I've watched practice, excellent coach. So these guys are going to keep, keep teaching. And so I, it's daunting. Uh, they're not going to win the league, but they're going to they're going to win some home games because they've got some teams coming here that they probably can beat at home. Yeah, I just now the conversation's legitimately on the table. Will you make the tournament? And I'm looking at it from the lens of if you can get to nine and nine, maybe you have a chance to make the tournament. So you got 12 games left, and the math's easy. You got to win eight of those. Um, I mean, when you just walk through them, beginning with Ole Miss on Saturday and then LSU, then then A and M, you got three in a row at home. You're going to have to go on the road and win at South Carolina. You're probably going to have to win at College Station. You got to beat Florida and Georgia at home, and you're probably going to have to beat Kentucky. You got seven home games, Clay. I don't think you can lose another home game because when you look at where no, you're I don't think on the so. Road, yeah, they didn't. They, they only lost one home game last year. That's yeah. that's kind of the range of. I mean, that, now these teams can just walk into Bud Walton and say, this is ours. Yeah. I mean, they're, 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 it will be tough for anybody to beat them at home the rest of the way. Yeah. Uh, all the teams that you mentioned coming in, and I've watched Tennessee of late, and they don't scare me. They, they played really well early, but it looks like they've played tight. And they're, they're not making nearly the shots. They, you know, they're kind of uh, a lot like Arkansas that, that they're – you know they're challenged offensively, and uh, that that's not a good recipe for going on the road, as we see for Arkansas. So they're a lot like that, and they, you know, they just lost to a, a mediocre Kentucky team at home. So they don't scare me, um, 
and I think Arkansas will play them and, and will match up good against them. I'm not saying they they sweep them, but I bet they I bet they beat them at, at home. They just play, they just play Knoxville. They just play the one. Oh, game they don't they, go there. Well, they go. Oh, see, they that's do even go there. better. They don't, they don't come. No, yeah, I had looked come at, here. I heard you go through the schedule in the in the last hour, and, and I I didn't I didn't catch that part. Yeah, I, don't. I mean they play at Tennessee and at Bama. I just I'm just writing yeah. them off as losses. So yeah, but I don't I don't do that because it just like Kentucky went in there. You know, it's every game is is you know just a season all by itself. Well, that way, if you that, win, that it's game a bonus. last night was a long. I mean, it was like two seasons, yeah, two hours and forty seven minutes. What Clay? What have you thought about Must moving Devo to more of the primary ball handler? At least to get them in their action and their sets. He had six yeah, turnovers. Go ahead. Yeah, I think it's it's you know, and I thought about that as I was watching it. It's like, well, um, you know, you. You know, maybe Anthony Black is better, you know, off the ball than than on the ball, and, I, and it might be about the matchups too. It's like, okay, well, we got this matchup. We got we're gonna we're gonna let you handle it here because of who's covering you. Um, and if it was somebody different for Black, maybe maybe it would have been. Di- you know, I I don't think that you've seen the last of the tinkering and. It's all going to change in another week or two when Nick Smith comes back, and I hear he's coming back. So uh, it's, you know, what will he be like, you know, after missing six weeks? I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's hadn't played at all hardly this year. Yeah. So, but he, but he's a great talent, and he will help this team, See, especially in that role. I hope you're right, and I hope he comes back in a few weeks. I just wonder how long he'll play once he comes back, because that's been what we've seen so far is he'll play, and then he, he's out again with the, with, uh, with the knee problems. So. Yeah, the, what, what I've heard is that he's, he will be recovered, and he'll be able to play. And, and I, Tommy, if, if he wasn't, I don't think you'd see him at all. I mean, if, if, if this was going to be something that did be recurring, I think they just say, no, we just, we just wait. He wants to play. He, he thinks playing will help him in his draft stock. And I, and I think he will. And, and it'll help the team and it'll give, give them a lift. And we're, you know, what are we? The, we've got, you know, we've got another eight or nine days. Um, but I think it's, I think it's going to work out. We've seen him at points this season, and the teams look good with him and then kind of out of sorts because they're trying to adjust their roles and whatnot. I wonder, Arkansas doesn't really have time to figure out that waiting period. They've kind of lost that being in that one and five hole. I mean, how quick can we expect when he comes back, if he does, for them to gel again? Because they just don't have, they don't have even a game or two to figure this thing out. They got to. When he comes back, they got to be not ready like they to go. Got a ton of practice time yeah. in between games. That's either. the that's the other issue, Clay. Yeah, it's an issue, but I'd rather go. For, I mean, you're you're looking at it from, and you usually do. The glass is half full. I look at if the glass is half full. I think he's going to help the team. Well, I mean, you're you're not going to get worse with Nick Smith. No, and that's no. for sure. I mean, no, and, and there may be some hiccups, but I'll I mean, I'll take the hiccups. To if he comes back. back, I'm not saying woe is me. It's going to take a while to get to chemistry. I'm going to say we got him, and he's going to help. Yeah, I, you, I need don't a, want, you need another player that can put the ball in the hole. I, yeah, I don't want. Now, I understand the question, but that you know, there's a lot more good with him coming back than there is than there is what, bad. What, what you're saying is, hey, and it, 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 there's those guards are going to get some rest. You know, Devo and, and Anthony are playing a lot of minutes if they're if they're not in foul trouble. Um, 
and he will you'll be able to sit them down if you add now you know if he comes back the first game maybe it's 20 minutes and then it'll work up yeah devo hit three threes for the first time and i think his career last night but perimeter shooting has not been as strong so what did they finish at tommy you got the uh, seven, of seven of seventeen. Okay. Seven of That's seven. Okay. That's okay. That's forty percent. You'll yeah. take it. Last two games, they've actually been pretty solid in that area. You would I mean, hope Nick would add to that number. Yeah. So what I've seen of late, which is different than than say a, a month ago, is that they take really good threes, and open. They looks. can make those better. Yeah, they're, they're corner, getting open a lot looks. Of corner looks too. Yeah. You know, whipping it around that zone. They Which find is the, the corner closest. Yeah. To the- and and I think, you know, some teams have done a better job against Council, uh, and he he can do better than he has. You know, of late, he can help them with threes. What about I, that dunk know, last night? Yeah, Which I mean, one? There's two. Well, the one where he cocked it back. <laughs> that, Dave uh, Neal was going to fall out of his chair when he did mm-mm, that. Mm-mm. He had a good screen off from Makai Mitchell there. I mean, he still got the highlight. AB had one too. Oh. Tommy, I, I know y'all y'all have already talked about this, but it's just really painful to watch officiating right now. And I'm not saying they determine the games. That's not what I'm saying. I, I'm just saying that the game has and, and I I know it's you know the coaches are pushing them right to the edge and how they play. In other words, we think this is the way that play is supposed to call, so that's the way we're going to play it. And then it then maybe they don't quite do that, and it's a foul. And uh, you know you see both coaches really frustrated, but I, you know I think fans are frustrated with it too, Tommy. And it's it is hard to watch, and it is especially hard to watch when you see a replay. And they can fix something, but they, but the rules say they can't fix it. I agree, and I think there were several plays last night that left you a missed call that they can't fix it because that's not what they were reviewing. Well, I think the you know fans get frustrated with the movement towards the lack of reducing physicality and in for and the enforcement of that. I mean, the officials aren't writing the rules. The rules committee comprised of coaches. Has directed well, everyone to reduce physicality in the game, and yeah, and, it, and, and that's they, what that's what fans don't enjoy. They want yeah. Nolan's style of ball. They want forty minutes of hell, but that's not the product they've wanted for the last ten years on the floor as as a as a body as a group. And and it's not the refs deciding that; it's the rules committee yeah. made up of coaches that have uh, direct, and then you know every week during the season redirect and redirect and reinforce. This is how they want the game yeah. officiated. But then when you see a play that is in the final minute and it's the determined play of the game, Devo comes in there, mm-hmm. uh, gets knocked off balance by a 240 guy with his, you know, with a knee right to the thigh, and he stumbles a little bit, and the next guy is in the cup, and then he flops. <laughs> you know, Devo moved away from him, and then the guy flopped, yep. and they review that. And they're not looking at either one of the fouls. They're only looking is was his is his heel down or is his heel up? And that, that is poorly done. Well, I mean, then the rule needs to change. I agree with. I you. know that, but, but it's, let, that's hey, what I'm saying. On. It's a let's talk bad. Was the heel on or above? Because I disagree with the with what they came out of there with. No, I do from, too. Because the rule says the foot on or above the line, and. And the angles we were presented even on TV, close. the angles it, we presented on TV seemed conclusive to me. Yeah, yeah and, and he didn't want to change it, and I and I, well, I understand. I mean, that's what that's, yeah. the rule says. This follow the but rule. But there's 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 
three decisions involved in that play, and they they got them all wrong, well, <laughs> all the, three of them. The, the, yeah. Here's the here's the the Arkansas side of it issue on that play. Debo comes in and as you said, may have gotten bumped, but had his head down, looked out of control, creates the contact. But the rule says if the secondary defender is, has his feet on in on or above that arc, it's a it's a block by rule. Yep. And when you go back and look at, it, I mean. When you think about old school player control, he came in there out of control. That's pretty much what Devo looked like he, on that play. But like, he stopped before he hit the guy. He hit him with the top of his head. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I know, right but, chest. He, but but that guy's moving too. He obviously is moving his feet. So it's not a charge. He got fouled, and the guy's feet were in the cup. They're all for three, and they had a re- they had a review to fix it. Remember so. that a, a legal defender can move. I mean, everybody thinks a defender has to be set. That's yeah, not, but he's coming towards Devo. He's coming from the middle of the cup to the edge of the cup, and then he flopped. You can on the dribble when the offensive players on the dribble, the defender can move sideways, laterally, or backwards, but never forwards. Yeah, but I thought it wasn't a charge, and they weren't. But that's they weren't reviewing whether it was a charge no, they were or not. Reviewing whether he was in the RA or not, and yeah. and that's why so, we always have to remember, regardless of sport. The call on the field or the court is paramount in any of this. What yeah. the call is in that moment matters more than probably anything else in this, in any of these situations, football yeah, it, or basketball. But if if I'm a, if I'm a, an official, I'm gonna fix that play and, and get it right. And he didn't do it. So and he's a good referee. I know that. I'm not crazy about the other two, but it was. Uh, that was the big play in the game, and they were 0 for 3. Who's the good one, in your opinion? Tony Green. Yeah, I, I, on last night's crew, I'd I, I disagree with you. So. Yeah. I thought Owen Short was by far the strongest of those three. Yeah, but but that's okay. And, you know, he had a chance to to make that call, too. <laughs> they all had a chance to make it. I don't think uh, just watching and, what and was on TV. The, the foul oh, Kamani, the guy that called it, who was that? The guy on the baseline. He's looking right at Kamani's back. That's that's his line of vision, and he says his his arms went forward and down. Now I don't know how he can see that from from behind. Yeah, I want to talk about that. If I had a nickel for every time you said who created the contact or mm-hmm. offensive initiated contact, I'd probably be a millionaire. How many times did Kobe Brown just maul, like just barrel into one of our guys and draw a foul last? Night? I mean, yeah. I, I saw it five times last night, and I get. <laughs> He's the elder statesman. He's the guy that's been right. around. He gets the benefit. But golly, I mean, if you well, we saw gonna... the same thing in the Alabama game, right? Yeah, we legal did. defenders were penalized when offensive players drove in. Who was who was on that game too? Tony Green. There you go. So, yeah, so he should be but, reprimanded. It sounds like if that's oh, the we goal, just we would. I think he, they saying, should send him. I think they should I mean, send him now, to the Mountain West. Now in in in. <laughs> Say what I mean. I agree with everything. That, we're that's talking like here, but, banishment. I mean, but, but, but Tony Green travel is just. Tony Green's worked about three national championships. About yeah, five I know. Final yeah, that's boards, what I'm that was, saying. That was in days gone by. So yeah, yeah I mean, but it's but so but it's not like pretend like he's not been there because he's worked. It's hard to change. It's hard to change reputation. I mean, we're we can't. Ty's done better of late, and I've been. Trying to be nice to him, but reputation is hard to get past. It's and, hard to you know, overcome, man. Yeah, it is. And so he's he's a Final Four ref, and he's going to be a Final Four ref. I don't know if he'll be another one, but uh, <laughs> I get it. But, but I'm just saying, 
you know, you always have to ask yourself because Ty will come in here complaining and griping about plays, and I, I, what's the first question I ask? What did the defender do wrong? That's what I'm saying. What did the defender do wrong? Now you got hey, to understand. Tommy, what, you got to understand what a legal defender is. Okay, you got to know what that, the definition of a legal defender what, is. What is. But I'm going to say the, this: the offensive and, player creates all the contact, guys. How did what did the defender do wrong? That's what I'm asking about Kamani. What did he do wrong? He didn't yeah, do anything. So, wrong. I, so I'm agreeing I, with you, Ty, Ty. This is this is this is what I want you to ask yourself every time. Okay. When Tommy says that, does he is hanging in the back of his SUV a really nice referee's shirt? <laughs> I just want everybody to understand. Just ask that. I mean, when he, I, starts, I, I, ta- when hey, he I, starts telling you about the rules, so just trust your eyes. If you think it's a crappy call, it's a crappy call. I, just I don't want, really want you to sit there and ask what did the defender do wrong. I just want you guys to understand the process of what's joking, being evaluated you know because I, I'm with you guys. I mean, Ty, you've been with me all morning. I mean, Clay, you just jumped yeah, in. I, I, there are some things last night that... It wasn't very fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, everybody says I defend no matter what. That's not true. I mean, I've I've been critical no, of I, things I, last night. But I'm having fun, Tommy. I I get it, but always out there, ask yourself what did the defender do wrong? And if you're in legal guarding position and you leave the floor in the same spot, you go up and you come down in the same spot, you're legal. And if the offensive player comes in there and they barrel in and they create all the contact. You can't penalize that legal defender. And that's what I thought we saw in the Alabama game too often. There was some of that last night going on as well. 33 fouls. There was some of them. Yeah. Well, it was a physical game. Yeah. That was a war physically out there last night. There was a lot of fouling going on. Uh, I thought they could have called 10 more, you know, honestly. Oh, and, we'd still be playing, Tommy. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> this podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.